Thank you for joining us with Get in the Know with your CMO. I'm Saj Joy, Central Division Chief Medical Officer. We are privileged to have so many experts in our Central Division of Atrium Health. Today, you get the opportunity to hear from Dr. Katie Passaretti, Infectious Disease Specialist, who's been helping spearhead our efforts here at Atrium Health related to the coronavirus pandemic. Well, uh, a pleasure to have Dr. Passaretti here. Katie Passaretti uh, is here to chat with us and she has been on the forefront of this uh, pandemic now for quite some time. So Katie, thank you for being here. And first, for those that don't know who you are, just a quick little blip about you yeah. and, and your role here at, uh, at uh, Atrium. Sure, so I'm the Medical Director for Infection Prevention. So I do infectious diseases clinically and then spend a good chunk of my time helping out with infection prevention across the system. Um, ID trained at Johns Hopkins, kind of spent a long time in Baltimore and have been here about nine years. Awesome. And we spoke last fall about, uh, not this, because we didn't know about yeah. this. but we Flu were, season. Right. <laughs> we were preparing for the influenza and being prepared for that and expecting a, a surge because of the influenza. Surprise. Yeah. Who knew what this next couple of months would have brought back then, but... Definitely been a, a little bit of a crazy journey and things changing definitely very quickly. Um, so lots, lots going on. Um, you know, I've had different viewpoints with throughout this pandemic. Yeah. So I've been involved in kind of the response efforts at the planning level. So involved in those incident commands and whatnot. And also, you know, I am a clinician and see the clinical side and right. hear those, the clinical management of COVID patients or, you know, hear a lot of the frontline stuff as well. And, and many of our teammates would also know that because you trained at Hopkins and had the experience, all those little world bubbles imaging that the, the the site that has all the popularity right now you know you worked with the experts that were tied into helping uh, demonstrate that so they need to realize we've got someone who's uh, really world-renowned in her experience from being there well i definitely know world-renowned people i try to do my best <laughs> you're humble uh, so dr passaretti over the last few weeks um it's been pretty static, right? The amount of work we've had to do. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, but there's been so much change. And, yeah. and so yeah. can you tell us a little bit about where yes. we are at present state compared to where we were two weeks ago? Yeah, so, you know, things have been changing really quickly and it requires us as an institution to adapt very quickly, which is something that people, you know, we don't typically like to do in healthcare. Sure. We like comfort zones. We like stable processes. And unfortunately, as this um, pandemic has spread, we've had to very quickly adapt our approach and change some of those recommendations. This is a virus that we haven't encountered before, right? right? So we have, as we go along, as we see further spread, we're learning more and more and trying to constantly take lessons from that, adapt our approach, make sure, you know, and I will say across the board, whether I'm seeing patients clinically or sitting in administrative meetings, the thing that is at the forefront the only thing that is on everyone's mind is how to protect our healthcare workers, how to protect our patients, how to get that done as quickly as possible, how to respond quickly and communicate that effectively. So. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that we're including this as another way to communicate with our teammates so they know that they are primary focus number one for us to protect our healthcare workers so that we can care for those patients yeah. that will have it. Absolutely. If we don't protect our healthcare workers, then we have no one to care for our patients. And, you know, these are people we care about that we want protected to the maximum extent. Absolutely. And, and I know that um, you know, information, you know, people can look something up online and go, oh, look, they're doing this somewhere else. Right. Oh, why aren't we doing that here? Yeah. 
it's not an easy decision, is it? No, you know, unfortunately, this is a this is a time when we're operating a in a, a time frame when we're learning new information every day, right? So the approach we took initially, which was very well based in the facts that we knew at that time, has to change as we learn more. Um, so you know, you see reports at one point in time; those may be completely out of date within a couple of days, right. and you may ha see completely different recommendations. But you know that all of that is done with thought, with you know, paying attention to everything that's changing. And you know, in a time of uncertainty, there are hard decisions that have to be made. You know, you have to weigh the pros and cons of every approach. But we're trying to do that with again the intent of protecting the most people for the longest time possible. Absolutely. And you know, I just remember uh, a few weeks ago. You know, we wanted to quote flatten the curve, not right? You know, and that's still what we're trying to do. Yeah. So that social, di you know, the things that everyone needs to keep coming back to time and time again: social distancing. So you know, that idea of minimizing the mixing of sick and well to prevent transmission, giving yourself space from other people that may be infected, so that you or your family don't become infected. The um, you know basic infection prevention. So hand hygiene is the most important thing that you can do. You know whatever PPE, whatever you're wearing, that basic tenet of just washing your hands really is the thing that will be most protective. Um, you know the making sure we're identifying people with symptoms of flu-like illness, whether that's mm -hmm. healthcare workers, whether that's patients, whether that's visitors, and you know making sure that they're out of that kind of mixed population, especially in the hospital setting where we have obviously a big population that's at risk. Yeah, and, and I think you'd, you'd mentioned something about our testing capabilities mm -hmm. and people being a little frustrated at times. I, I want you to share the pros and the cons yeah. in the sense of that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so in the United States, testing um, has been, you know, it's, we are very lucky at Atrium. We have in-house, so in our Atrium lab, we have capacity to do COVID-19 testing. So that is something very, very few labs throughout the country have. Mm -hmm. That gives us a couple of advantages. Um, you know, A, we get our results within 12, 16 hours, worst case scenario. Um, you know, many places are waiting five to seven days when mm -hmm. they use places wow. like LabCorp and Quest. So yeah. that allows us to do a couple of things. It allows us to downgrade personal protective equipment to maximize our personal protective equipment. It allows us to kind of more effectively treat our patients and minimize risk to healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. So huge benefits to getting that rapid response. While we are in a very lucky position compared to many places, supplies of anything right now aren't infinite. So sure. you've heard about PPE shortages, same issue with lab um, lab shortages mm -hmm. so that we can run these tests. So we do have to use it rationally and where it's most likely to yield benefits. So on symptomatic patients, not you know asymptomatic healthcare workers or asymptomatic patients, but really using it to, again, everything right now we need to be doing thoughtfully and with purpose um, because we're in a time where we have to maximize everything we're doing. Right, and even though we're focusing on maximizing that and being cautious about our uh, conservation, we're not leaving anyone without recommendations and oh. best practice guidelines, yeah. both that you have as an expert in this field, but also knowing that WHO or CDC or other experts throughout the world have provided you. Yeah, absolutely. We're constantly kind of evaluating what expert bodies are doing, what the community standard is, you know, reassessing our own approach and putting that into place. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and so what would you say is the morale of our organization, our teammates, you know, with this evolving the way it is? And quite honestly, it hasn't hit us yet. 
right? Yeah, you know, we're, you, know, you see reports of places like Italy or New York City, you know, we're in the early stages of this. Mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of fear out there, absolutely. And it's hard for people right now when there's, um, you know, we're still learning and there's not clear cut paths to go. I think there's uncertainty and there's fear. You know, I would encourage people to kind of talk to their leaders, have those op open conversations, let us know what your concerns are. You know, I, I certainly love hearing from people about and try to respond as much as I can. If there's questions related to my area, I know other leaders feel the same in this institution. Like, you know, um, whatever we can do to make sure we're communicating with everyone and that we are looking into, you know, avenues. Um, we. We haven't talked about personal protective equipment, yeah. but there are real shortages in personal protective equipment. So we're doing a lot of things to try to extend that, whether yeah. that's using personal protective equipment differently than we have in the past, whether it's UV light um, treatment of, per, of N95s to extend their use and uh -huh. decontaminate it, whether it's, you know, other avenues, Dr. Chai and Dr. Musselway are leading a 3D printing of face shields initiative. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're doing things differently than we've done in the past, all with the intent of protecting people and figuring out how to overcome these obstacles that we're, unfortunately, we have to deal with um, at this time. Right, you know, and, and, and along those same lines, we've been, we're being very creative about looking at places or, uh, that we can house extra yep. Patients, if they were to flood in, uh, we're seeing and learning from the experiences of Washington State or New York or now what's occurring in Louisiana. Right. And the reality of it is, we're we're we've been planning. We have been planning. We've been working on this. I mean, I you guys have no idea the number of hours that many people have put in to trying to make sure we're as prepared as possible. So there's been planning going on even before the pandemic was a reality, but it's yeah. only been ramped up over the past two and a half months or so. Yeah, no, and I think that's what the general uh, audience here probably doesn't understand is we've, in, you know, and you and, and, and whether it's Dr. Calloway or whether it's Dr. Hunter, from a, from a leadership standpoint, it's been in the works for quite yes. some time. And I will say all the way up to Gene Woods, yeah. right? He's been at the table for the discussions from some of the earliest discussions that I've been a part of. Wonderful. Like, and very, um, he wants to know what's going on. He cares about what's happening. You know, it's at that highest level that, sure. you know, there's interest in doing what's right for our patients, doing what's right for our healthcare providers. And, you know, those are really the themes in every single meeting I'm in that we come back to time and time again. It's not discussions about, you know, money or resources. It's how do we protect people? How do we get through this together? Um, that's, that's wonderful. Um, well, one last question for you. All right. Uh, what advice would you give to our teammates and our audience that, uh, uh, you know, says, uh, you know, we've got this? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard times right now. Any time of fear and uncertainty, I, I would encourage everyone to, like, at least take a few minutes. And I find myself struggling with this as well. Just take a few minutes every day to do something calming, something that, you know, brings the stress level down a little bit. Because this is a marathon, not a sprint. And we mm -hmm. got to all figure out ways to kind of get through this together. And, you know, n just know and recognize that really everyone at every level is doing the very best they can um, and give each other grace right now because it is, you know, when we're all stressed, we all sometimes don't ask, act the way we wish we had in other circumstances. So just trying to give each other grace, trying to take at least a little bit of time for yourself and, you know, um, keep those sanity preserving moments intact. That's, that's wonderful advice. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to share your 
expertise, but also this sage advice with regards to how we should be running this marathon. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this podcast of Get in the Know with your CMO. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. Please join us again as we interview medical staff members, teammates, and other leaders 